everybody, and welcome to Wow Cool Robot. I am Jake, and I use the he-him pronouns, and with me is Max. I'm Max, and I use he-him pronouns, and this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode this week, isn't it, Jake? A little bit, by about one-third. By about a third, because <laughs> as, you know, I, when I wanted to make this show, I do want to make this show still. I love making this show. It brings me great joy every single week. When I when I conceived of Wow Cool about the podcast, I was like, well, I don't want to watch an episode a week because that pace is very slow. And I oh, would yeah. still be I would still be on 0079 if that were the case. And I Damn. wanted it to be in you know, for Pot of Greed, we do two episodes a week on average. You know, we never do just one a week. I don't think we've ever done just one a week. We've done like a movie a week. But you know, that's obviously a different case. Um and I wanted it, but like, I also felt like two episodes per week is still like, still pretty long. Cause you know, I want to be able to get a nice rotation of hosts going in and out. And like, I want it to be, you know, people come in for a couple months and then they're done, you know, like, I, I don't want it to be like a, a big, you know, long-term commitment for, for my, my co-hosts. Um, but when we looked at it this week, cause you know, we normally do three a week. We basically found out that if we were to do three this week, we would be in the middle of a two-part episode, which doesn't really vibe with me. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to cut into the episodes called Lena's Blood. Uh oh! Don't want to know what happens in those episodes. Ooh, it's gonna be. Ooh. I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's gonna hit pretty hard. So that's why we're doing two this week because that will sort of write our course. So we will be able to do three episodes per week until the very end of the show, pretty much. I think, like, because it's 47 episodes? No, it's like 40... I don't know. The, the point is, regardless... The, the, yeah, there's 47 episodes, so... Yeah, that, that'll that'll end up being a multiple of three if we do two this week. Either way, we're only talking about two episodes this week. We've begun the desert arc of Double Zeta, and previous host of the show, Colin, has said that this is their favorite arc of Double Zeta. They think this is the best arc of Double Zeta, and I think I can kind of see why so far. Oh, absolutely. It's like, you know, we'll get into it more when we start talking about the episodes, Jake, but I think... What really gets me about these episodes, and and also the previous one too, I guess you could kind of count, you know, uh, the the siblings love on the South Seas as part of the desert arc. I guess the Earth arc. I don't know how long they're on Earth for in uh, Double Zeta, but like they haven't really been big capital P plot episodes. They almost feel like sort of slice of life episodes or the Gundam equivalent of a slice of life. It's like a it's like a a monster of the week episode. You know, we show up, fight mobile suit meet a new character, character dies, uh-oh, the end, move on. But it does it in a really good way, right? Oh, yeah. You know, the emotional stakes, you feel invested even though you've only just met the character and you know this is probably not going to work out so well for them in the end. <laughs> um, but being in this arc, my chair is squeaking right now, um, being in this arc, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I like this part. I, I like, whenever the Gundam team or ship or what have you go to earth you know it's going to be a cool change of pace and so far i'm digging it you get the thumbs up from max oh yeah it's uh so far every episode on earth has been a good one yeah well speaking of good episodes jake we might as well get into it um i have no longer i have renounced jake renounced my laziness and i am not using the wiki episode descriptions i have been writing my own once more because it's just a little bit more like you don't get a whole lot with the wiki episodes it, it almost feels like the next time on rather than the episode summary because this is out on a whole lot of stuff um that said jake would you like to read the description of episode 25 would i ever <clears throat> 
Episode 25. The Face of Rommel. Karaba gives the Argama an order to take the fight to Dakar, and the ship sends its Gundam team through the desert to make it there. In an oasis village in the desert, Zeon's Rommel Corps are introduced, a Zeon regiment who have been waiting in the desert for eight years for Zeon's revival. Rommel gets intel that a Gundam team is incoming, so he sends his men out to fight. The Gundam team, however, is stopped for maintenance as their mobile suits are filling up with sand. Judo and Pole fly ahead to find food and water for everyone else. They are ambushed by Rommel, but escape and meet back up with the rest of the Gundam team. They once again ride out to fight Rommel, and after an intense battle, they defeat the Rommel Corps, leaving the families of the regiment in tears back at the village. Hey, Jake, do you think it's, um, 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 what did, what did Tomino mean by this? What did you, do you think it's, um, do you, do you think it's significant that a character, uh, that is belonging to the organization that is a blatant and very obvious, uh, Nazi Germany analog, do you think it's important that his name is Rommel and he's in North Africa? You know, um, What did Tomino mean by this? It's just, uh, just one of his little, uh, one of his little things, you know, just a little... Just a little thing. Just little TominoThinks.tumblr.com. It's like, I just, again, yes, they do seek Zeon all the time. It's very clearly meant to be, this is Nazi Germany. Their flag even looks like the Nazi Germany flag. But, like, this character is Erwin Rommel, the Desert Fox, the the well-known, infamous Nazi general who led the North African campaign. I just, ah! It's a little on the nose there. It's, like, not even on the nose. It's on the whole ass face. It's everywhere. You you can't. It's I. It's just crazy to me, right? It's like I know that Gundam is not a very subtle show most of the time. Even so, the fact that this it's like at this point they're like, yeah, this guy is just like a not straight up like blatant like he is just a Nazi turned into an anime character, which is just like I don't know. It it it, it it's crazy to me. The show is brave, not brave. It's not like the show is like really saying anything super meaningful, but like it's just like. I don't know. It's a little think, ballsy to do that. Yeah. What What's the show trying? <laughs> like, I, I don't get what the tr- show's trying to tell me. You know, the show. I feel like it should be like, wow, isn't that kind of fucked up? Anyway, look at the episode. I don't know. It, it's a lot to take in all at once. Just you know, right at the <laughs> beginning of that. Uh, regardless, this episode is starting out where um, we, we kind of get thrown into the action, right? It almost feels like because you know how Double Zeta will do the thing where the episode starts and then it. Um, plays the you know you, you get like like what almost feels like an episode preview and then you get the episode title and then you get their actual episode yeah like like a little mini recap of the last episode mm-hmm. i i had to make sure i didn't click on the wrong episode i was I know, like right what is going on here yeah 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 it's um i don't know it's interesting but but, it, but we, all we really see so far and and also very very sad um the the um the the episodes that I we're watching that I have um, legally obtained online don't have the openings baked into them. Um, I don't know about you, but I just watch the opening <laughs> before I watch the episodes every week because Anime Janai fucking whips. Um, this is the last sure time does. we got it because this this episode episode twenty five is the last one that Anime Janai happens, and the next episode we got a new one and it's a lot different. Huh? I... We'll talk about what, yeah. We'll talk about that when the, when the time comes. Um, I guess we can probably give it full attention next week, but. Yeah, no more on Mage and I. It is now a silent voice. Um, regardless, um, all we really see in this little opening is, you know, Karaba's telling Ayug that they have to do a pincer attack on Vakar, attack from the north and the south. So they have to send out the Gundam team. But fuck all that, because everyone has new outfits. And, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> can we just talk about some of them? Please, let's talk about some of them. So, first off, um, I think we got to mention him first, because he's the main character, Judo 
is now wearing like a blue shirt and uh not anything dramatic, but it looks nice. It's just a nice, yeah, you know, it, it's like cool. It has like, the sleeves rolled up like his last shirt. He just, it's a cool blue, ju- it's like blue, Judo got the blue tunic in the Temple of Zelda, right? Like, he has double defense now. <laughs> All right, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then um, I want to bring up my favorite of the new costumes, mm-hmm. Mondo. He is uh, wearing a button-up shirt with the sleeves rolled all the way up to his shoulders, a pair of suspenders and a red bow tie, and uh, just a little, some little good boy shorts. He looks like Augustus Gloop. I don't know what. <laughs> why? Why? Why does he look like this? He just looks. He looks like a little fancy lad. He looks like the boy mayor of Argama, and it just. I, it's just fucking funny. Why is he? Did he pick his own outfit out? Is this what Mondo's really like? He's a fashionista. He's like just getting that drip up in the Argama, I guess. Beach had told him it would look really cool. Beach doesn't know shit because, from what I can tell, Beach is wearing like a full ass tan suit. <laughs> right? Like, all, and then for Rue and Elle, like, Rue is in like what looks like a green romper with her cool, like, little signature red shooting star on it. And Elle is in like a pink tank top. And Eno, Eno looks like a bowling dad. Eno was wearing a straight up bowling shirt and, and pants. And he looks like he listens to Steely Dan all the time. Eno fucking rules. I love Eno. <laughs> But uh, one thing about Rue's new outfit, uh, or her new look, she's mm-hmm. rocking a side pony. And I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah. She's got that sick-ass Napoleon Dynamite side ponytail. I love it. Rue is so cool. Hell yeah. Oh, I, I just, walk, walk fashion, baby. The kids are at it again. This is what new type is. New type is drip. And the drip is the soup dripping out of your bowl, as we all know. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they all, you know, they individually sortie. You know, Judo's in Double Zeta. Rue's in Zeta. Ella's in Mark II. Uh, fucking Eno is in... No. Eno's, Eno's the... in the Mega Rider Rider, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eno and Pull and Mondo are in the Mega Rider and Beach is in the uh, Yakshiki. So we get the whole, the whole ass gang's here. It's like full... It is full Power Gundam team right now. Basically everything but the Argama itself. Yep, because the Argama's just fucking hanging out. They can't really go anywhere right now because, you know, they can't really fight under earth so they're just letting the gundams out and we do cut over because we see a desert village oasis sort of place and fucking it's zeon and this is like zeon remnant zeon as in these people have been in here for the last eight years as like the federation of or the principality of zeon and we see a rider roll up to rommel who and his name is desert rommel like fucking the desert fox i i i cannot I, I, not, not to go 2011 Tumblr on you, Jake, but I can't even. <laughs> literally can't even. I, li- I literally cannot even begin. But yeah, he tells him that, um, Mineva Zabi's in Dakar and a mobile suit team is on the way to stop her. So they got to fucking get ready for battle. And, uh, Rommel kind of like clenches his fist, to, like mutters something about it being eight years. And he's like, we got to take down that fucking Gundam. He's so mad. Like... I don't know why he's been hanging out for eight years in the desert. I mean, I guess, you know, he's Zeon and he all his men lost the war. But, like, I can understand it's hanging out in the desert. But hanging out in the desert and also maintaining and upgrading your mobile suits and, like, waiting for the war to ignite once again. Like, tremendous foresight on these people. It's astounding. And, uh, so, yeah, he says that he wants to defeat the Gundams to protect the Zabi family. And so he, uh, says, gather the Rommel Corps. The Rommel Corps, yippee skippy, and uh, you know all the men roll up. They do the Sigzion. Fucking sucks. And then he asks where Nikki is, who's a corpsman, 
and you know of course cut to nikki rolling up his uh child and wife are like begging him to stop dragging at his heels and like rommel hates this and like rommel slaps nikki and he's like his family has no discipline like and like nikki has to like shove his family away and it's just like yeah it was rough it's like fucking sorry that your wife and kid don't want you to go to war and die that you've been like presumably raising this family for the last eight years as you've been hiding out in a village in the desert fucking uh, yeah it's 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 hard hitting right away isn't it oh absolutely i was like i I immediately knew that like ooh, this is not gonna have a happy ending no absolutely not (laughs) not Uh, for nikki not for Nikki, not for anyone probably, but definitely not for Nikki. And of course, everyone's chanting Seagzion, they're doing the hand thing, hate to see it. And they unveil, they, they they roll out to like get their mobile suits ready, and they unveil them. They're covered in like, you know, palm leaves and stuff. And these are, these. well, one of them's new, one of them is an upgrade of an old one. We see the Desert Zaku, which, you know, what you'd yes. expect. It's this like cool sand-colored Zaku, like this nice orange color, has some extra antenna on the head. Has like some like dark brown like shield and accents. I like this thing. Looks pretty cool. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's a good color scheme. And this other one that I thought was a dom at first, it is not. This is a dwaj, which is basically desert dom. Yeah, it's um. I, I was looking it up on the wiki, and it's like a variant of the dom. So mm-hmm. in, in canon, it was based on the dom. So I thought yeah. that was really cool. The and um, and then Rommel has his own dwaj. He has a dwaj custom that he's been working on. Yeah, this one's cool looking. It's like, you know, the regular Dwaj is like, you know, tan and brown. And this is like a very cool dark red color with like some extra sort of like antenna bits on the top. Because that's how you know the commander. Right. Um, and so his men have like kind of a mixture of the desert Zakus and the Dwajas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so they send out a scout and he's like, you know, we want to we want to get an idea of their strength before we attack. Yeah, it makes sense. Got to scout the enemy. I get that. Sure, I understand. And um, so they go out. And, and they like, importantly, like, Nikki is the one who goes out as a scout. Because they're always like, you know, what's Nikki up to? Was Nikki up to this? So, yeah, he's out too. Uh, but, like, I, I think, um, or no, no, we, we see, blah, 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 stepping on my words, I'm, like, skipping ahead a little bit. Yeah, Nikki goes out as a scout. Uh, and we cut over back in the desert, in the middle of the desert, rather, because the Gundam team is there. Um, fucking, you can't get around it. Hyakushiki's doing the thirsty flower pose. It is on its <laughs> on its knees and hands and knees, uh, which is like it makes sense. That's like how you would be, you know. That's how you would get out of a cockpit on Earth, like when you're not in a hangar where you can't like you know float around or anything like that. But like, it still just looks so stupid. It's not dignified at all, and you know, Yakushiki's all. It's very very silly, and Yakushiki's all shitty. It's full of sand, and like no one really knows how to operate on it because they haven't been in the desert before. <laughs> they barely know what sand is. Anakin Skywalker wishes he was them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're uh, they're kind of worried about fighting if they're traveling over the desert because uh, traveling over the desert is hard enough. How are they going to adjust to fighting in it? Yeah, surely, surely they're not going to have to do that, right? Yeah, why would they? It's a fucking crazy, crazy talk. Um, and you know, everyone everyone hates this. It's like hot as hell, and we we got to pull. She's inside the Mega Riders cockpit, just straight up in a taking a bath. She has like an inflatable bath, and she's just like chilling. And she's like, if I don't get to take a bath every single day, I'm going to throw a tantrum and cry and scream all the time. And honestly, same, I get it. She's like, it's dirty out here, and I can't be dirty. If I get I'm a baby. single grain of sand in my hair, I'm quitting the team. And uh, she's locked herself in the Mega Rider with mm-hmm. all of their supplies. 
I, I'm looking at my notes. Um, I accidentally typed the Mega Rider as the Bega Rider. It's like, wow, Lou Bega has his own mobile armor. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, she's locked in and she's refusing. She's like, keep on taking all the water. And Judo's like, all right, fucking fine. Judo decides to go out in the Zeta. Not the double Zeta, I guess, because the Zeta has the Wave Rider mode. So he can go real fast. He's going to look for water and food for everyone, basically, because Pola's being absolutely no help right now. She's a brat. She's a brat, and just like brats do, she notices Judo leaves, and then she basically takes the entire Mega Rider herself and flies off after him. And uh, Judo like kind of looks over his shoulder and sees the Mega Rider, so he lands the double Zeta, or he lands the Zeta, and uh, kind of stops to scold her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And while they're standing there arguing, the uh, the the we see kind of a crosshair go over them, and uh oh, but. It turns out it's just a camera. The Xeon Scout has uh, spotted them. Yep, he do be looking. He's doing eyes emoji at them. Takes some pictures and uh, returns to base to show them to Rommel. And Rommel's like, oh, fuck yes, dude, eight years. Let's fucking go, baby. He's so excited. He wants to fight. Uh, Rommel, he gets out of reconnaissance and he heads out with Callahan. And it's funny, I believe in 0079, during the um, Belfast arc, there's a character named Callahan. I don't think it's the same Callahan because I'm pretty sure everyone died there. Um, but he heads out with a guy named Callahan, who may or may not be the same from 0079. And, you know, he's out in his dodge, and Callahan's out in the Zaku, I believe. I don't think he's in his own dodge. But anyway, Judo and Pole are, like, still continuing their search. And we get this little, this little cute little conversation where Judo tells Pole, mm. everyone's probably starving by now. And Pole's like, mm, I don't care. Yeah, who cares about them? I only care about you, Judo. And Judo's like, everyone's gonna hate you. And she's like, so? I don't care if everyone hates me as long as you like me. She's being a fucking brat. Like, I I feel like Beecha and Mondo have stepped away from being, like, you know, my my star character whom I hate the most this week. And I think Pull is kind of taking that right now. Oh, God, yeah. Especially with some of the antics she gets into later. Oh, God, yeah. She's just, like, I get it, right? She's, like, eight, ten, something like that. I don't know. She's just a little, she's, it makes sense, but it's just still, still frustrating. But, yeah. She doesn't care. She only likes Judo. As long as Judo's fine with her, she doesn't care how many enemies she makes. But this conversation is cut short because they are attacked by the Xeon suits. That are hiding under the sand. Under the sand. Under the sand. And they just pop out. They're like totally buried. And, you know, like they're very, they're very, very good at fighting in sand. You know, they've been living in the desert for eight years. So they, they this is their home turf. And like, you know, Rommel's fight, fight in Judo. And like, he's like way more than a match for him. And at some point, uh, Judo will, like, he sends Pull out of the cockpit to get in the Mega Rider. And then Callahan's just, like, start firing at her. And Judo's like, you would fire an arm, girl! And he freaks out and, like, fires grenades at him to cover for her. And uh, he hits he hits Callahan's gun. And then uh, turns his attention back to Rommel as they start fighting some more. Mm-hmm. And, and he, hmm. Judo's having a real hard time keeping uh, keeping himself upright and, like, standing straight in the uh, in the sand. And it's really throwing him off in the fight. Yeah, it's like, like, Judo, like, does not, like, you know, he's, we already seen it from the very first episode, he's not good at fighting on, like, under gravity, and when you add sand in that, it's like, oh, this is way, way worse. It's like running on the beach, but worse. Mm. Step on the beach, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> it's, yeah, at some point, like, Rommel's, like, like, you know, you fire into the sand, and eventually pull like, sort of ambushes them. As they regroup, because they're, like, hiding to get Judo and, like, pull, like, you know, rides over them in the Mega Rider and just fires on them. And, like, you know, that kind of gets them to retreat and pull, gets to Judo. And, like, you know, everyone starts to, everyone kind of, like, heads off back to their own teams. 
And uh, we cut back to the uh, the Gundam team and Beecha. Mm-hmm. Beecha is complaining to Mondo about the heat. Mm-hmm. And uh, L comes up and like tells them to stop bickering and get ready to go because they're going to go find Judo and Paul because they've just been out there for too long. Got fucking nothing else to do, I guess. <laughs> and um, yeah, we cut over again to the Rommel Corps and they're they're basically digging holes for their mobile suits to sit inside. And they're, you know, hanging out there as a trap and they're like still asking, you know, Calhan's asking Rommel if Nikki's going to pull through and, you know, he believes in Nikki. And like, they're again, Jake. They're all doing a thirsty flower pose. This is the thirsty flower core. They're all just like on their hands and knees, just like just fucking the least dignified way to like store a mobile suit I can possibly imagine. Absolutely, I I, I cannot get over it. It is so silly to me. But now they're just lying and wait for Nikki now. Yeah, and they're they're uh, setting up an ambush. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ready to fucking get them. We cut over to we see Pool and Judo. They're still trying to navigate back, and, you know, Paul doesn't... She says she doesn't trust a desert map made by spacemen, and Judo's like, spacemen? You mean spacemoids like us? And she's like, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> Get over it, girl. And uh, Rue is then complaining about the double Zeta not being built for this uh, this environment, this weather. And L is basically like, all of our suits are like that. They were built for space, not Earth. Quit your whining. It's just, it's simply, it's simply how it be. But yeah, they're still, they're, they're wandering. And then they eventually, they see Judo. And they're like, oh shit. But at that point, you know, they're interrupted again because they're attacked by Rommel Corps. And it's just like this whole fucking, you know, it's a, everyone's all freaking out. They're fighting. And Judo is like lured away by Nikki, who starts, you know, flying back. And, you know, he's totally falling for it because Nikki's going to lead Judo right into the enemy's trap. And this whole thing is like, Nikki is very, very nervous about this. He is not having a good time. He's like, is he going to take the bait? Like, why isn't he going any faster? Is he trying to scout ahead? Is like, you know, Nikki is like, Sort of like freaking out a little bit here, and uh, Judo has Paul get off the mega or go into the Mega Rider and go over to everybody and like kind of tell her or tell them that uh, you know, somehow Paul knows that this is a trap and mm-hmm. everybody needs to come with him. Yeah, I mean, it didn't kind of make sense it's a trap, right? But of course, you know, they all listen anyway, and they're like they're all hanging on to the Mega Rider, like they're wobbling because you know Mondo or Beachy keeps on moving it, and it's just like. It's like you know, I like one of one of the I think the the the, 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 the double Zeta's in the middle of the Mega Rider, and then like <laughs> the Mark II and the Hyakushiki are like hanging off either side, like wobbling around. It's very silly. It's it's kind of a cool look though. I like it. It is a pretty fun look. I I do quite like to see it. And um, you know, we cut we cut over. Judo's still fighting, and he's like lured into the spot where the trap is, and like Nikki is like freaking out. He's like fucking ah Rommel orders the bazooka team to fire, but like Nikki's still there, and Nikki's so afraid, and like Rommel keeps firing. Nikki's like, "I'm here, my friend Lizaku," and Nikki gets like totally blown up. Yeah, um, Rommel actually before he gets blown up tells tells everybody to up the barrage. After hearing Nikki like cut radio and like, "Hey, I'm on your side. Hey, let me get in first. and he's like, "Nope, up the barrage," and then uh, that's when Nikki gets hit. So I don't know if this was Rommel like shooting like specifically trying to get Nikki or if this was Rommel like I don't care if he's in the way like we need to destroy this Gundam no matter what either way not I took it as the second yeah like I I don't think it's Rommel like punishing Nikki for you know having a cowardly family I think Rommel's just like a fucking asshole yeah but fuck yeah and we we get a freaky ass shot because Nikki is blown up and then like the the, the charred head of his Zaku sort of like flies at the camera it's like it's freaky startled me a little bit 
Oh yeah, that, it was really that like, oh. was like Ugh. But now it's like whack-a-mole city because Judo's fighting, you know, the rest of Ramakorn. They're all <laughs> popping out of the sand right around him. He's like, ah, hoo, ha! This fucking Doug Trio. Oh, crap, I'm surrounded. And uh, one guy almost gets him. But then uh, out of nowhere, a beam rifle shot comes in and Beecha, we see Beecha was shooting at him and saves Judo. Yay! Woo! And, you know, it's like this whole big old fight. And, like, you know, everyone's firing like crazy. You know, there's sand going everywhere. And Judo goes Dorito mode in the Zeta to sort of like fly over and ambush the bazooka formation, break them because they're, you know, laying this like supporting fire from far away. And just like the Ramacord is getting completely blasted right now. Not looking good. Uh, Bicha and L are like rushing their front line. And uh, now they've got the enemy surrounded because there's ooh, so ooh, many of them ooh. and they know what they're doing. Yeah. And at this point, it's only Rommel's left. It's just Rommel and Judo are sort of, like, remaining there for a standoff. And Judo sort of, like, steps out of the cockpit. And he's like, hey, stop. Like, there's no need to fight anymore. And Rommel sees that Judo's just a kid. And he just, like, does. he really does not like to see this. He freaks the hell out. And he, he sees that he's a kid and sees that there's his whole his whole team got taken out by, what, four mobile suits? Mm-hmm. And he, he spends some time in his head kind of reflecting on on his men and how they've been training for eight years only to be beaten by just a handful of children. He's like, did the flow of time really stops stop around us? And like, we see a vision of all of his men saluting him mm-hmm. and Oof. judo's like surrender. There's no way you're going to win. It's like, it's not, this is not a fight worth fighting. And Rommel doesn't care. Like he basically has too much honor and we see, like, a shot of Rommel in the cockpit. And, like, the, the sort of, like, hue shifts red as Rommel just, like, does this, like, one last battle cry and charges Judo. And everyone's, like, firing at him at the same time. But, like, it's kind of just, like, bouncing off him. Like, his armor is, like, falling off as he's, like, charging ahead. And Judo's, like, basically doesn't even do anything. He just activates his beam saber as Rommel, like, charges at him. And, like, you know, basically has to, like, impale Rommel as Rommel, like, runs right into him in his dodge. And uh, as... You know, Judah's standing there with his beam saber in his chest. He tells him, like, why were you so reckless? And uh, we get we get a last line from Rommel. He says, do you think I was reckless? I chose to wait. I prepared. I plotted. I did everything right. Yeah. And then he collapses and booms. Like, that, God, it's really hard hitting because, you know, from, from Judo's, from Judo's perspective, he was being reckless, right? Like, these kids show up in the middle of the desert and Rommel activates his team and goes after them right away. But for Rommel, like he, he this is like basically everything to him. Like he's been waiting he and his men 8 years for this so he can basically, you know, like revive Zion, continue the fight. And and like I I'm putting a very big asterisk on all the sympathy because again, he's named after an infamous Nazi general, but like it's 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 very hard hitting, right? Because like you know, from the perspective of of Rommel, it's like, oh shit! Like these kids rolled up, ruined my day, killed all of my men, and there's nothing I can do about it. And then like this kid has the audacity to call me reckless when this is like my number one plan that I've done nothing but think about for the last eight years of my life. And honestly, like he's he's right. He did kind of do everything that he should have. He he scoped them out. He got intel. He prepared a really good plan. It's mm-hmm. just that they were simply too powerful, yeah. and uh, it doesn't matter how how much you think ahead of them. They're like you said that the, the uh, flow of time stopped around them, and they just couldn't keep up with what's new. 
Yeah, that that that's the thing. Because, like, I feel like Gundam shows sort of waver one way or another on, like, the main character is either, like, this insane ace pilot who can win with, like, a piece of shit mobile suit. Or the character is, you know, also an insane ace pilot. But has, like, the most state-of-the-art prototypical mobile suit that there's no way they can't win any fight. And, like, you know, Ramakor had numbers and training and experience. But, like, Judo's team had Gundams, right? Yeah. And, like... <laughs> That's how the show goes. You can't win them when you're fighting four, three Gundams and a Golden Boy. Like, it's, yeah, like, you know, there's, it was a hopeless fight. There's no way he could have won it. So it's just like, it's this very, just like, tragic situation. And it sort of doubles down on that tragedy because we cut over and we see the entire, you know, population of the village that the Rommel Corps was in seeing the smoke from the battle and, like, Rommel's wife and son are crying, or uh, Nikki's wife and son are crying looking at it. It's just like, huh, huh. And then the Gundam team does. You know, they just get in their Wrong. suits and slowly walk away. It's nothing to them. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, we see Judo crying over it because Judo cries whenever he has to kill someone, right? But, like, yeah. it, you know, we don't, we never really get that from anyone else in the Gundam team, which is interesting. Like, I wonder if we're ever going to get that, if, like, everyone else is going to have to reckon with it. Or since Judo's the main character, he's the only one who ever does get to reckon with the fact that they're killing people. But it's just, I don't know. It, it's, it sucks. These kids shouldn't have to be doing this, but. Fucking, it's Gundam, so we don't have a choice, do we? Nope, not at all. No, you know, the very, very last shot is it's night in the town, and once again, Nikki's wife is, like, crying at, like, there's, like, this one unmarked grave. It's just, like, a little cross, and it has a, a Xeon pilot helmet hanging from it. It's just, like, she's crying at it. It's just, like, huh. Oof, yeah, it was, you, you know, we had talked before about, like, the, the last shots of the episodes being mm-hmm. really pretty, and this one was, uh, beautiful in a sad way like yeah they they still oh man i was i had to take like a couple hour break after watching this episode before watching the next one yeah hey speaking of let's see this next episode's any less heavy (laughs) spoiler alert it's not (laughs) god yeah especially because uh (laughs) i saw in the discord you said something about episode 26 being rough and i was like Oh, I need to take a little bit before I start watching this one. I mean, mean, okay, look, particularly I typed in all caps, feeling normal after episode 26. Yeah. (laughs) Which obviously, you know, means this is not a good, well, it was a good episode, but didn't make me feel good. So without further ado, Jake, let me tell you about Mobile Suit Gundam Double Zeta episode 26. Masai's Heart. In the desert, we see a woman talking to the Xeon pilot helmet of her dead lover, Tag. Judo flies up to her, still in search of water. She has him join her on the way to an oasis village. She takes him back to the Gundam team's camp where she sees their mobile suits and drops Judo off, telling him how to get to the village because she can't take him herself. She rides back and is tailed by Judo and Pole, who go to retrieve the core fighter as the rest of the team go to the village. Predictably, the villagers don't let the Gundam team in to get water because of their mobile suits. Meanwhile, Judo and Pole see the woman, now known as Masai, get in the Gelgoog that belonged to Tag. She flies off towards the village and Judo and Pole follow. She attacks the Gundam team and is more than a match for them all until Judo combines a double Zeta and destroys the Gelgoog, but not before he pulls her out of the cockpit, leaving Tag's helmet behind. The Gundam team end up getting their water and leave, and Masai now resides in the village, still asking Tag in her head what she should do next. Oh baby, this one hurts. Ooh, yeah. You know like the when the very first thing you see is like a woman talking to like a memento of her dead lover. It's like, oh jeez, ah, oh, beans, here we go. <laughs> And, uh, you know, we, we, we learn later on in the episode that this isn't the case, but I figured that, I figured at first that she was, um, from the same village that we just saw and that like maybe Tag is one of Rommel's men. So that would like, I was like, well, this is kind of like a two-parter, but I was wrong. 
No. And in- interestingly enough, um, I uh, she definitely mentions it at some point in the episode, but like she says that Tag's been dead for, I think, three years. Yep. So I don't know my Gundam history as like I don't know you know the history of all the parts of the Universal Century, but like what was happening three years ago? I guess it was still like Titans fighting Zeon remnants. Yeah, and like Rommel says at one point in the last episode that he and his men have been um like in these eight years have been holding like guerrilla operations against the Federation. Mm. So it's possible that Tag maybe was in a similar situation. Yeah, like he very well could have been part of the Rommel Corps. Or, you know, some other Zeon cell in, in Northern Africa. Yeah. I don't know. But, but yeah, episode starts out. And also, very nice, smooth jazz we're hearing. Ooh, yeah, it was pretty. Very good to hear. And we get this really nice, smooth jazz. And it was weirdly juxtaposed because this woman is, again, talking to her helmet of tag. And she's, like, just sort of mentioning something about tech, checking the mechanisms. And I'm like, hmm. And then she sees Judo fly around in the core fighter above. And Judo's, like, searching for an oasis. And he sees a camel and, like in this distraction just crashes the core fighter into a dune trying to follow it because as we all know jake camels have water in their humps yes if he can just catch this camel he'll have he'll have some water to be fair in his defense he's never been to earth before and i don't know if there's much of a reason for him to learn about camels up in space (laughs) but even so come on judo surely you know it can't work like that and uh uh he's chasing after it and miss uh masai's masai uh kind of stops the camel and calms it down Mm-hmm. And uh, he catches up to her and like tells her his grand plan, and she's like, "You can't do that. <laughs> it don't work, homie." <laughs> she's just like, "Uh, no, does not work that way." But I'll take you to where an oasis can be found, and she gives him a water skin, and she says that the law of the desert is to help people in trouble, which is very, very nice of her. Good for her. And uh, she's like, "Are you crossing the desert in just that fighter all by yourself?" And he says, "No." I am with friends, we're in mobile suits, and she just sort of takes note of this, and she's like, okay, get on the camel, I will take you to an oasis. You can kind of see, like, for a brief second, they, like, drew, like, this look of just absolute, like, 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 you see some fire in her eyes for a split second. Yeah, yeah, no, I noticed that, too. There's a very, it's, like, very quick, but also very deliberate. You can tell she, like, like, you know, the the gears spin for a real quick second when she hears about mobile suits. Um, And then we see the Gundam team. They're hanging out. They're still in thirsty flower pose. Because they're still just waiting for Judah to get back. He's still looking for water. And they're all, they're just, Rue and L are like having a big ass argument over the map. And, uh, <clears throat> Beach and Mondo try to break it up. And, uh, L says that because they're trying to break it up, they're obviously siding with Rue. Obviously. How could you guys? And Beach is like, no, we're siding with the simple, the simple fact of we need to find more water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking checks out. <laughs> and, uh, as they're arguing, Pole is like kind of wakes up and she mutters something about it's like, oh, it's so hot. Yeah, and you know, I mean, again, it's hot. They're in the desert. The fucking train is coming again. <laughs> choo choo, choo choo, bitch. And then you know we see more Rue and L arguing, and then off screen you just hear a splash of water. And of course we cut over, and Ella is soaking wet because she or Pole is soaking wet because she has poured the rest of the water on her. All of their water just went All splash on her head. And then they, uh, the girls, Elle and Rue, reunite, and they're friends again because they are united under the front of, let us fucking torture pull. They're like, we can tie her to the back of the Mark too. It's pretty hot up there. You can cook an egg on like, the Gundam. <laughs> yeah, you can cook an egg on it. And uh, they're like, you don't get to be in the shade anymore until you promise not to use up any more water. <laughs> She's like, there's more water? No, absolutely not. There's no absolutely more water. Absolutely not. 
And they say it in unison, all caps, Texas cute. And she's like, fine, I'm going to go, Where, where's where's Judo? And they tell her that Judo left when she was asleep. And then she, like, freaks out and she doesn't even bother getting in a mobile suit. She just starts storming off into the desert on her own. <laughs> she just throws on a cloak and runs off into the desert. Yep, yep. And uh, the only person who gives a shit is Eno. He's like, hey, we probably shouldn't let her do that. She's baby. Eno's the voice of reason among the Gundam team. He's, like, the only one who actually thinks things through. And everybody's just like, nah, fuck her. Like, Rue does for the most part, but Eno, most of all, is like, hey, let's let's use our brains about this one, please. I'm wearing a bowling shirt. I'm dad now. <laughs> um, but before uh, Pole can get too far off... Uh, Judo and Masai uh, approach on the camel. Yep, they're right there. And, you know, Pull runs up and everyone runs up and to greet Judo back. And, you know, they're like, who's this? And, like, Pull especially is, like, very wary because she's a woman. And how dare a woman hang out with my big brother? <laughs> um, she kind of, like, hits him on the chest. And she's like, how dare you? How dare you? And and uh, Masai is, like, looking around. She sees all the mobile suits and she's like... I can't take this many back to the village you'll have to go yourself just follow the just like follow the direction of the shadows and you'll make it there in no time and she just kind of returns the way she came and uh as she's leaving pull is like still jealous and she goes uh what what was her name even and she was like oh i didn't think to ask Mm -hmm. whoops yeah Uh oh i mean it doesn't really matter but like you know we we learn eventually i just thought it was kind of funny because uh until now, in my notes, I've just been calling her Tag's wife because I didn't know who she was. Yeah, and I, I just like, said the woman. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, we never did uh, get her name. Yeah, you, you learn like halfway through, but um, regardless. Pole can feel that she has a very lonely heart. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, she like her eyes are some of this sadness behind her. She has a very lonely heart. And Judo's like, what could that possibly mean, Pole? And, you know, she she's like, she goes back to her camel. She's like sort of talking to Tag in her head. And she's like telling him that the mobile suits he's waited for are here. Soon everyone will understand him. And I'm like, uh-oh, probably not good. Yikes. Uh, um, uh. Judo and Paul are going to go find the core fighter that he left out in the desert. Yes. Uh, while everybody else is going to head to the village. And he's like, we'll catch up later after we get the, after we get the plane. Yep. And they may, and we just kind of cut right over because the rest of the gang has made it to the village and Rue is telling everyone to chill the fuck out and calm the fuck down to not freak out the villagers. Because, you know, the villagers are going out to meet them and Rue is telling them to be on their best behavior because, like, you know, they're probably not going to be very happy if you're just, like, freaking out bringing mobile suits into the village all willy-nilly. And uh, they land close enough to, like, cause wind to kind of blow the villagers, like clothing back a little bit so i was like mm-hmm. maybe maybe you didn't pay attention to rue because that's yeah, a little bit not. too close for comfort maybe not in the village yeah and uh let's see we, we cut back over again pull and judo are still heading to the core fighter but then they see masai go into a cave and they sort of follow her and um she's in a zeon pilot uniform inside a mobile suit uh-oh and uh judo uh like interrupts her talking to tag and he's like you're with the zeons all along and he like jumps in the cockpit and tries to like rip her out of it yeah not great but like she basically you know refuses to go she like i think she like either headbutts or like punches judo or something he like she like totally knocks him away with a helmet yeah she smacks him with the helmet (laughs) yeah and she's like she has to get in this galgugan fight and yeah she's in a a commander galgug it's like red which is how you know it's a commander unit and she just totally flies off and uh back of the village like the kids are fascinated the, the kids of the village are fascinated by the mobile suits 
and the elders, you can tell that they're kind of like perturbed. They're like, don't, don't get near that thing. And then there was a line that really scared me, but nothing came of it. Yeah. Um, they're like, uh, they're like, what's that building? And Rue's like, I think it's a mosque. And Beecho was like, what's that? And she goes, oh, it's like a religious building, like a church or something. And I was like, oh no, oh no, no. But that's, that's, that was it. I was, <laughs> was like, very, very afraid. Yeah. Thankfully nothing does come of it. But like, yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, you can't do this to me, Gundam. Please don't do this to me. But they literally just say that it's kind of like a church and leave it at that. And I was like, okay, that, that's not bad. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't, we don't, we never really see them go into the village at all, which is nice. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they Elle mentions that they were sent here by a woman when the villagers refused to let them in. And then the elders like, so this is Masai is doing. And it's too late for all that because Masai is here in the Gelgoog. Oh, and all the villagers are like yelling at them to get in their machines and leave. They don't want shit to do with these oh, people. Oh, yeah, they, 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 they want them out of here. Masai's here to fuck shit up. Rue tells everyone to go capture the Gelgoog because it might tell Haman that the Gundam team's going to the desert because they don't know that Masai is in the Gelgoog. They just see it as a Xeon suit and they have to take it down. So they're rolling off to capture it. Yep, they think it's a scout, which mm-hmm. I thought was like pretty clever. And uh, Masai uh, hits Bicha and like she aims at Mondo, but her gun malfunctions and so she kind of runs away some more. She's fighting really, really well. Like, she's very, very maneuverable. It's, again, it's it's home field advantage. She's lived in the desert for this whole time. So, like, she's able to, you know, fight way better than everyone else can in the desert. And, like, we we shoot back to the kids in the village. And they're like, oh, Masai's fighting so cool. She's so amazing. And uh, the elders are like, go inside. Do not watch this. Yeah, it's like, we don't, don't, this is not good for your psyche. And Masai takes out, like, a sand sprayer tube as she's fighting. And she's just kind of, like, disabling their attacks by just, like, blasting the mobile suits with sand the whole time. She's using the Pokemon move sand attack. She's <laughs> she's using sand attacks to lower the accuracy, of course. <laughs> and and we get a quick cutaway because Judo and Pole finally get in the core fighter. And it's, like, you know, buried in sand. So they get in the cockpit and Judo, like, flips it upside down while it's open. And Pole almost falls out. And she's like, Are you f- buckle yourself in, please. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, what the hell, Judo? And he's like, I told you to hang on. I warned you. <laughs> I warned you about flipping upside down. Yeah. And they cut you know, back to the fight. It's not going well. Elle and Rue are still sort of arguing, and Elle nearly crashes into like a big old rock while she's like yelling at Rue, trying to sort of track uh, track Masai, because she's just like darting between these pillars of stone. Um, and they kind of fight for a little bit more, and then Judo shows up, and uh, he docks with Elle to form the double Zeta. Well, before before you talk to the L form the double Zeta, we cut over to Mondo, who's in the Mark II fighting her. And she, like, knocks oh, yeah. Mondo into sand. And it's quicksand. She's like, ah, oh, Tag told me that there's quicksand here. And Mondo's, like, freaking the hell. Mondo's like, I'm going to drown! Ah! And Eno's, like, in the Mega Launcher trying to, like, hover over him. And I think, um... Rue's, like, hanging on to the, uh... Yeah, yeah. Rue's in the, the Zeta hanging on, trying to lift him up. And then, like... Uh, Masai jumps up and knocks her away and like, you know, use the double bladed beam saber to almost stab the mega launcher. And then she like stomps on the Mark II to get it back down the quicksand. She freaking like Goomba hops him. Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <It's a> go. <laughs> oh, she pulls a Mario. And then yeah, Judo fires some missiles out of the core fighters to not knock her away. And now Judo, you know, combines into the double Zeta and starts fighting Masai. And like, Pull does not like this. Pull's like sort of like telling Judo to stop and, you know, she pull knows what's going on here. And uh they there's they're sword fighting and like Masai's like or Masai recognizes that he has the advantage, he's stronger. So she's like, I have to be faster. 
There's no enemy a Gelgoog can't defeat. That's what Tag taught me. And that's probably true. But like, it's just very funny. It, it's very, it's a very Pokemon way of looking at it. It's like, yeah, you don't need to be strong if you can hit first. Like, as long as you're fast enough, doesn't matter what your fucking attack or special attack stat is. Get that speed stat, doesn't matter. You can take him out first. I got Pokemon in the brain because our, our, our battle, our bye week is almost over. Ooh. Gotta start planning again. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, she says she's fighting to restore Tag's honor and show the villagers. They shunned him because he was an outsider and they hated mobile suits. And uh, so she's going to show them the power of his mobile suit so they'll realize that Tag was a great man. Yeah, and it's you know I I I I get that right. I get her her uh, motivation here because like you know she, this is clearly the man that she loved, and she, it's like she's doing this for him. And I think that I, you know as bad as Gundam gets with his women characters, I feel like you know, and I obviously could be wrong. This could just be my sort of um, take on it. Not being a woman, you know, I wouldn't. I don't have that experience, but like. I I don't know. I I feel like the portrayal of Masai is like this, you know, she's avenging Tag. She's like doing this for him, but it doesn't feel like she's doing it for a man. It's like she's doing this because like like vindicating the one she loves in a way. Like yeah. I, I feel like it's more admirable than than most other sort of like motivations of women Gundam characters are. Yeah, she's not doing it for vengeance. She just wants to show that like he wasn't useless like the village thought he was. Like he wasn't a bad yeah. person. She's like just doing doing it to, to like to um I don't know to like justify his I don't know existence. Ah. The point the point is I think like Mas- what Masai is doing is fine. Like you know fucking killing kids is not fine. But like I I think on paper her motivation of doing this to sort of like vindicate the one she loves is like yeah okay sure I get it that's fine. Um and then you know Judo's still fighting her he ends up cutting the arm and the head of Gelgoog off and pulls like begging her to eject but she won't it's Tag's honor on the line and uh, she says that she can't go back and face the villagers like this if she loses which is probably true probably not who can possibly say Pull begs Judo to save her and so he like punches open the cockpit and uh, he's like Pull uh, watch my back I'm gonna run in there mm-hmm. and, and he does. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he knocks him to the cap, cock base, trying to, pull, trying to pull her out. But, like, you know, she doesn't want to go. But he eventually just, like, yanks her out. But the helmet, uh-oh, helmet was left inside. And the Gelgoog fucking blows up with the helmet still there. And uh, Pole kind of feels bad for her. He, she, uh, I guess she kind of had a new type connection with her. Because she's, like, she's been alone for three years since since he died. And now she'll just be even more alone. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know, Paul clearly has that cyber new type intuition of just like she's so fucking hopped up on Wario Pill MDMA. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Paul almost gives the exposition here since she's the one who gets it outside of Masai telling them herself. And like, yeah, Paul's like sort of crying over this now. Which I think is really um, a good juxtaposition from her from the last episode because in the last episode she was like, I don't care about anybody else. And yeah. she's like, oh, she's yeah. like, okay, now I kind of do a little bit. I never, yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. No, yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, she can be sort of like bratty and goofy with her friends, but like she makes that connection, you know, on the battlefield. It's like in completely different circumstances here. Fucking Desert Arc is sad so far, man. We yeah. see the Gundam team. They're getting their water and leaving the village. And, you know, Pull's still crying over Masai because she's kind of alone forever. And the village elder sort of talks about how like, you know, well, Masai's in the village. Her heart is at peace, which is like, I don't know if her heart's at peace because she's just like, 
fucking standing there sitting in an empty room all by herself. Yeah, and the ending shot of this episode is Masai going to a dark corner in an empty house and just sitting on the floor, sitting on the floor and like staring at the ground and asking Tag what she should do now. And and fucking the smooth jazz is once again playing. R- please read the room. Please stop playing smooth <laughs> jazz over these important moments. It's so it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, God, these episodes are so good. And I, from what I can tell, next episode, it's gonna get pretty serious. So I'm very like, you know, mild panic emoji right now waiting for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the name of the next episode. Um, I Lena's am... Blood. I'm not super excited. It'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure I'll be normal and <laughs> not feel like a fucking psycho afterwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. But whatever. We'll talk more about Silent Voice next week. The The opening started for this episode, but next week I feel like, you know, thematically, whatever. It's very good. Yeah. Si- silent Voice. Um, either way. I'll definitely have to look it up. It sounds... Er, I, uh, I, I didn't even know of its existence, so I'll, I'll definitely... Yeah, I, be- I believe friend of the show Cass um, says that this is their favorite Gundam opening, at least of all of UC Ooh. trilogy. So, well, I'll have to do some sort of like power rankings on all of the UC Gundam openings eventually. Once so yeah. you kind of got them all. Um, regardless, how about Jake to sort of lighten the mood? Like we fucking have to do every single week we do this podcast. <laughs> I can give you a Beyond <laughs> Tune World. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Oh, right. I've been doing so many of them, Jake, because it, Double Zeta just brings the heat. Double Zeta has a lot of very good voice actors that have very cool storied roles that I like to talk about. And, and, and the cool thing about it is that, like, you know, these are voice actors who were active mostly in, like, the 80s and 90s. So it's, like, a lot more, like, sort of older school anime. So when we do, when we do like, you know, I, I wonder how different it'll be when I do G Gundam or, like, wing or fucking you know cutting even ahead when i do like unicorn or something or like ibo it'll be really cool to see the voice actors like of a more modern time so hell yeah but this week we're talking about a double zeta voice actor we're gonna talk about the voice of ino in japan masami kikuchi masami kikuchi he was born april 24th 1960 in chino nagano japan um i know wikipedia lists his agency he worked as freelance for a year or two but like you know the bio isn't really there all we know is he's a voice actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he's a voice actor, he has voice roles. So let me tell you, Jake, we will go through his history and a lot of really notable stuff here, actually. Ooh, so yeah. start, starting out 1985, Zeta Gundam, he was Keithron, Adol, Dunkel, and Body. I believe Keithron and Body were part of the Argama. Adol and Dunkel were Titans. Uh, I remember at some point we fucking, they died. Who cares? Double Zeta. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously Eno. He's also Keithron because Keithron is still in Double Zeta. He's like one of the Argama bridge. He's either like a bridge or he's a um, maintenance person or he's part of Karaba. I don't really remember. I just know the name. I recognize it. You know, I see. Oh, I know that one. In Dirty Pair 1987, he was MASH. So Dirty Pair, again, shout out to Colin for the knower of Dirty Pair roles. <laughs> In 1988, in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, he was Lewis Helm. Or maybe it's Louis Helm. Again, haven't seen the show. Here's one for the gamers. Not really. 1990, Samurai Pizza Cats. It was <laughs> Ronnie Geismuller, which is a very weird name for a Japanese show. So maybe that's the American name applied to the Japanese character. Who could possibly fucking say? 
1991, he was the voice of Skeeter in the Japanese dub of Doug. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Eno Skeeter, come on, we love it. Honk. Honk. In 1993, or sorry, 1992, in Tenchi Muyo, he was Tenchi Masaki, and he would be the voice of Tenchi for all the Tenchi Muyo series. Is is is. Right so he's like a lot of main characters because also in 1993, oh my goddess, he was Keiichi Morisato, and he's been Keiichi Morisato in all the other goddess series. Is 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 is. Right on. Here's something. Speaking of G Gundam, G Gundam, he's Hans Holger, which I believe is Ooh, the Windmill Gundam pilot. We love the Windmill Gundam, or I think is is it the Holland Gundam. It's something like that. Ne- Nether Gundam. That's what it was. He's the pilot of the Nether Gundam in G Gundam. Oh hell yeah. And if you remember, Jake, the last time we did Beyond Tune, where we talked about the guy who was the voice actor for, like, every single Sonic throughout history? Yeah. Well, before Sonic Adventure came out, there was a Sonic OVA movie, and Keiichi K- or Masami Kikuchi was Sonic and Metal Sonic in the Sonic movie. Oh, shit. I love the Sonic OVA. It's I, so fun. I rented that so many times from, like, not, um, not Blockbuster, but, like, my... Uh, grocery store that my, my grandma went to had a video rental place oh man and uh i rented that's that a, movie ni- from that's there a 90s so ass times. sentence jake yeah it is man <laughs> it's cool it's 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 i i remember seeing i remember first seeing a preview for it in like one of the pokemon movies i would always watch as a kid and i was like this looks so fucking cool i love it it's so fun i love the animation it's so pretty it still holds up it looks incredible to this day Mm-hmm. good shit sonic's fun listen to the sonic shuffle um 1989 this guy, this is a Digimon guy, Jake. Because in 1999, he was the voice of Joe Keto. Uh, One of the Digi-Destined. Joe. Joe, possibly the lamest Digi-Destined. Um, I mean, definitely the lamest on paper, but like, I don't care as much as for Joe as I do the other characters. But then again, I feel like Joe has this whole arc to him. But <clears> he's aside not my from least Joe, favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, aside from Joe, he was Gazimon, the weird sort of like bunny uh, evil banui sort of guy bakemon the ghost marimon the fire dude geckomon the geckos numemon little poopy slug monzaimon the big old evil teddy bear jiremon which is the nasty tree and divermon that cool weird like fighter uh cyborg frog guy hell yeah in the 1999 adaptation of hunter hunter he was wing Starting in 1989 in One Piece, because every single character we've done is a character in One Piece, he was Doran, Kelly, Funk, and Cub. A lot of characters there. But that's cool. Smaller characters that still show up enough for him to get credit in, like, every One Piece game and adaptation. I mean, there's only, like, a million episodes of One Piece. Yeah, there's only literally a thousand volumes of One Piece. Uh, 2000, in Digimon Adventure 2, he was Daemon, the evil Satan demon-looking guy. Starting in 2001... Baki the Grappler, he's Baki Hanma. Oh, Another main ass character. 2001. Remember Rave Master, Jake? Oh my god, that that just hit me with some nostalgia right there. Yeah, he was Sieg Hart and Rave Master in the sequel series and the games and stuff. What, excuse me for just a second. Did <laughs> you say sequel series? I so I looked up, hold on. Behind the voice actors, double zeta. I like it autofills to be double zeta for me when I look it up. Uh, <laughs> Rave Master. The special attack for 2002 game. Oh, just kidding. No, no, no. I lied. I lied. It, it's Rave Master and then Rave Master video game, but the art was updated, so it looked like a sequel series. My bad. It's just oh, Rave Master. Oh, okay. And then, okay, and then the I, two games about it. I was just about to uh, 
go, <laughs> Qu- go. Quit the podcast and start a new podcast about Rave Master. Yeah. Podmaster. There we go. There you go. Rave, Rave Podster. Rave Podster. Podmaster. In 2002, Digimon Frontier, he was Nemon, the funny little pants Banui guy. He's like a main Digimon character. We always hung around. In 2003, Zatch Bell, he was Kiantrome, that nasty, like, duckbill baby guy. <laughs> oh, man. He's uh, Iron Man Fulgore's partner, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Cutting Ahead, because a lot of his stuff is, like, games and whatnot. Like, you know, he's in all of the Super Robot Wars games whenever Eno shows up or any of the other characters. In Digimon Fusion 2010, he was Damemon, Monitamon, and Tuarmon. In 2011, adaptation of Hunter Hunter, he was Zepile or Zepiel. I don't know. I, haven't, I, I don't partake of Hunter Hunter. Weird one, 2013 Smurfs 2. He was the party planner Smurf. <laughs> um, rounding it out, Dragon Ball Super. He was Monaka and Belmod. Monaka being the strongest fighter of Universe 7, which is not, which is a lie. He's like the funny little red elf guy with the green leotard who has the nipples poking out of it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that guy. And Belmod being the uh, god of destruction of Universe. Oh, what was it? Was it Universe 3? Whatever Jiren's universe was, the clown, the clown one. We all know the clown one. Um, in the 2018 uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly movie, he was Kikono, which was the like the sort of weird, just green, normal ass alien freezer race guy who was like the one in charge of reciting the Dragon Ball. Uh, almost said lyrics. He's one of Frieza's guys in that movie. Um, and then most recently in the 2020. Digimon Adventure adaptation. He's Nimon again. He's all these Banuis. Noise, noise, noise. So thank you, Masami Kikuchi, for your service. Thank you for being a bunch of Digimon. Thank you for your very iconic 90s anime characters. I am saluting. Absolutely. And I am also asking you, Jake, as we end this episode, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the twitter.com at Mr. Jakey Poo. You can also find me on a podcast, Most Foul, uh, which has recently put out a new episode where my wife and I are uh, reading through the Artemis Foul books. She's reading through them for the first time, and I'm kind of rereading them. And then you can also catch me on Hearts Against Balance, a Kingdom Hearts-inspired actual play podcast where we play with the uh, the interstitial rules. Hell yes. Love interstitial. Riley Hopkins, oh. game designer extraordinaire. Hell yeah. And Max, where can we find you? We can find me, Jake, on Twitter and Instagram at MaxiBajillion. I have a couple of other potted casts, including Yu-Gi-Oh! That's not the name of the podcast. Podcast is called <laughs> Pot of Greed. It's a show about Yu-Gi-Oh! That's at twitter.com slash potofgreedcast. We are going through GX, and I'm going to say it. GX is better than Duel Monsters. And Ooh, yeah, fucking, it's it's true. I fully believe it now. And I have another show called Slappers Only, where my friend Jordan and I go through video game music soundtracks and determine which is the best song from each game. That's on Twitter at Slappers Only Pod or SlappersOnlyPod.com. By the time this episode goes out, I believe our episode on Persona Five will have come out. So check the Twitter, check our Twitter. We should make a questions post. Actually, I'm gonna make a questions post right after we finish recording, so we can get some input on that, so people can tell us about the game, what they like about it, what their favorite songs are, etc. Fun game. And the show is called Well Cool Robot. We're on Twitter at Well Cool Podcast. We have a Discord link on our Twitter that you can join and hang out and chat with us. We are hosted on Noispace.xyz, a podcast incubator made by our friend Matt, who is a Nintendo GameCube. You can check this, my shows, and many, many more shows on there. I believe the auto updater is working again, so I don't need to push episodes manually and accidentally screw something up in the process. Sorry, Matt. It's all fixed <laughs> now, though. And Jake. Max. What's that robot of the week? 
Okay, so I've been playing through a uh, game collection that I got for Christmas, the Mega Man Zero slash ZX collection. Yes! And so I've got to say that my robot of the week is Zero from Mega Man. Zero's so... Dude, Zero's so fucking cool. Cool ponytail. Amazing. Beam Saber, that really sick red, white, and green color combo. Zero's just so sick. He is so cool. He, he uh... God, he's part of, like, why the X series is my favorite Mega Man series. Oh, oh, and, oh, uh, look. If someone tells you that they like X more than Zero, you that's, like, permission from the universe to dunk their head in the toilet. No one likes X more than they like Zero. Come on. I, I do so far, but that's because I've only played the first Zero game. I just beat it uh, yesterday, and so mm. I'm about to start the second one. And so Zero as a series might might replace X for me. I meant, I meant, I meant more of, like, a... I, I think I meant more character-wise. Like, the character oh. of Zero is cooler than the character of X. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, no, uh, that's I, I think overall, true. I think over. Oh, I don't know. I feel like they occupy different things because they kind of, they, they do different things, right? You know, Mega Man X, classic sort of action platformer sort of thing. Zero, I feel like, goes for something a little bit different. It's still action platformer, but, like, as the series goes on, it has way more mechanics that you'll sort of uh, realize, like Cyber Elves and all that fucking weird bullshit. The ZX games, though, I fucking love. They're basically zero Metroidvanias in a way. Ooh, that's awesome. I, I never got to play those. Um, oh, so Jake, really I love those games so much. Music is amazing. Basically, it's like, what if you could transform into different Robot Masters in those? It's very, very sick. Hell yeah. Um, well, oh, fuck yeah, dude. I love Zero. Zero's cool as hell. I'm glad that you're playing those games and enjoying them, Jake. Oh, I'm so glad. I, I, I am just having a dang old blast. Uh, X kicked my butt real hard, but uh, beating beating him was very satisfying. Yeah, you know, he yeah, he's cool. I I like the way that they tie the actual character of X into those games a lot. It's very yeah, cool. me too. It's good shit. Um, okay, well, 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 this is another short one. It's only an hour or seven, but again, we're recording on Valentine's Day, so it's probably better that it's a shorter episode. <laughs> so, <laughs> without any further ado, to close, Jake, as we always say, in the words of. Zero. Wow. Er, nope, I got it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> War is bad. What? What am I fighting for?